survived the last session after lunch. Come on. Does that ever happen to you? Need, need like an IV of either a Red Bull or coffee. Would you guys agree with that? So it's okay during this session to pinch your neighbor to make sure they're there. But you guys will you guys will not fall asleep on this one. Uh, Sean Nepstad and his wife Dan are phenomenal people. A little bit about me. I found the ark almost three years ago, and I actually found it at a growth conference in Las Vegas. I never heard of it before, so we quickly jumped on board. And the session we jumped on board with is the one you're in right here, right now, in growth track. Uh, I am Mexican, so I add an S to everything. So if I accidentally say growth tracks, I'm sorry, okay? But I get corrected all the time by people in my church. They say, Pastor, it's not growth tracks. I'm like, I add an S to everything. I'm so sorry. Okay, it's steps and ones. I, anyway, so you guys are in for a blessing. It's going to be phenomenal. They pastor Fellowship Church in the East Bay in Antioch, California, which is a great place to go and check out. We've been to, I lost, there it is, right there. Uh, Sean and I, uh, I've been to his church in the East Bay. They, have, they hosted a growth conference there. They are world-class people. What I love about Sean is he, and Pastor Sean, he embodies everything the ark is, and he loves his wife. And he loves his daughters, and they love him in return. I don't think you can ask for anything more. One real quick story is we got to go fishing together in Half Moon Bay. It was a phenomenal trip in which we both got sick, but we did not chum the waters. We held on to breakfast. We're so proud of that. And, but the thing is, he did not like to take the fish off his hooks. So I was the guy for the rest of the trip who he caught the fish and I backed him for him. What more could friends ask for? But he's a phenomenal pastor and he is the man when it comes to growth track. So give it up for Pastor Sean as he comes up. Thank you so much for totally emasculating me in front of the crowd. This guy doesn't want to touch fish. Look at him. Oh, that's great. How many pastors we got in the room? Pastor, lead pastors? How many team members? Team members? Awesome. Incredible. Um, I've been married to my wife for 20 years. Thanks. And she's amazing. And uh, I was actually, we went to this, this marriage conference. It was a marriage retreat. And it was hilarious because it was a, it's like $4,200 to go. It's a lot of money. This business guy paid for us to go. It was the best. Breakfast in bed. Um, I mean, it's just everything is, is top, top notch. And so while we're there, um, we're sunbathing a little bit by the river. And while we're sunbathing by the river, she steps on my glasses. And she's like, I'm so sorry. It was an accident. I said, hey, it's okay. We're at a marriage retreat. Next day, we're right, right while we're rafting. Like, we've never been doing that before. I've never done that before in my life. It was scary. And so we're right while we're rafting, and we come around this bend, and there's this large branch protruding from the side of the embankment. It's like a large branch. Now, there's eight of us and a guy in the, in the entire raft, right? So it's four to four. Well, the first person has enough common sense to lift it up and pass the person behind him. The second person has enough common sense to lift it up and pass the person behind him, which is my wife. She lifts it up and lets it go. <laughs> And the thing slaps me. I mean, it, it sliced my side open. I'm like, man, yeah, man, yeah. It hurts so bad. Like, I'm bleeding. And she says, I'm so sorry. It wasn't an accident. I'm like, it's okay. And we, then about 35 minutes later, we jump out of the boat. And the guy says, hey, listen, you can float down the river a little bit. Number white water rafting, or white water it's going to be easy. And, and when you get back in the boat, here's what I need you to do. Just cross your arms. Don't help me. Just cross your arms. I will lift you up by the back of the life jacket. So review. Cross your arms. I'll lift you up one more time. Cross your arms. I'll lift you up. Diana, my wife for 20 years, decides she's going to help him out. She, she swings her leg around like a kung fu ninja. Like, she comes around, kicks me right in my truck. I go back down into the water. Not making this up. To this day, my jaw still pops because of that kid. She, like, don't mess with this girl. She will cut you and kick you. She looks over the raft, and what does she say? I'm so sorry. It wasn't an accident. And I'm like, we're going to have some stuff to talk about when we get back to the marriage retreat. But if you think about what an accident is, here's an accident by definition. Write this down. An accident is an unplanned event or a lack of intention 
It's an unplanned event with a lack of intention, meaning that you didn't plan for it. Why do you have insurance? Nobody plans for an accident, but you have it when you don't plan for it. Okay, I'll tell you, that's how we started our church. It was kind of an accident. And I started our church when I was 24 years old. You have to be half crazy, by the way, to start a church at 24 years old. We did. Four girls under the age of two, everybody. Two years old. Two, one, and zero twins. Come on. That's, that's just good playing right there. And um, so we had, we had these daughters, and we planted a church, and didn't know what in the world we're doing. Now, I'm a fifth-generation pastor on both sides of my family. So it was kind of insinuated you grow a church really fast by, by just streaking your guts out and having great worship. Come on, anybody else? Like, that's what we think. Hang a banner. Don't give a, don't put a banner up. Lord, send them in. Well, that wasn't happening for us. We had about 300 people, and we grew to that and got stuck. Now, um, let me preface a couple things. That, first of all, you, you can have 300 people and feel stuck. That might be large for some people. It might be not that many for others. It's just where we were. Like, I was, I was coaching a church of... 14,000. He was like, Sean, I need you to come and give us all the stuff that you do because we're stuck. And I'm like, you're stuck at 14,000. That doesn't seem stuck to me. <laughs> but here's what I realized. It doesn't matter. When you feel stuck, stuck is stuck. Anybody here feels stuck? Okay, so I felt so stuck. And the church was at 300 for seven years, zero growth. What do you do when you don't know what to do? What are you doing when the dream inside of you is not matching the reality that's in front of you? Because every pastor, every leader here, what's the goal? World domination. <laughs> and then you turn around and look at your church of whatever number you are not happy with, and you get frustrated. I feel like every church is in one of three categories. Number one, write this down. They're in survival mode. Some churches are in survival mode. You're barely hanging on. It's like Psalm 79, or 73, Psalm 69 type stuff, where David said, The floodwaters have literally come up to my neck, and I'm losing a foothold. Like, I, I, can't, I can't even stand any longer. I'm now losing it. Well, if you're there, guess what? You can't focus on vision. You're just trying, how, trying to figure out how not to die. Okay, some of you feel like you're there. I'm going to help you. Number two is the sustaining mode. Sustaining mode. This is not much better. Because sustaining means that you're just maintaining. There's no growth happening. You're just keeping everybody happy that's in the boat right now. You're keeping all the plates spinning. And then there's a third, the third mode, which is the surge mode. And that is when you begin to actually grow. So there's this, you feel like you're in survival, just trying to make it. You can't focus on vision or building people. Second one is you are now feeling like you are just sustained, just maintained. That's not fun. Nobody wants to do that. But the surge mode is what we hit about eight years ago. And I want to tell you about that. I was a one-man band, though, when we started church. How many of you have ever seen one-man band downtown somewhere, right? He's got his guitar. He's got the drums. He's doing a little symbol in his legs. He's, you know, he's, he's got the harmonica. That's impressive at first glance. But the closer you look, the more pitiful it is. And you would never have him lead worship on a Sunday. Come on, talk back to me. Like, you'd never have that guy. Hey, guys, we're going to see Chops more today. You know, just... You would have him do it. <laughs> but that was how I was leading church. I was setting up and tearing down in my suit. Well, thank God for suits that we don't any, any longer wear. <laughs> oh, suits. Well, some of y'all might. That's cool. I'm not judging you. Setting up here in a suit. In a suit. And then leading worship. And then offering announcements only. And then I preach. Turn around. It's like, hey, guys. I'm going to offer. Turn around. It's me again. Time to open your Bibles to James. I was the guy. And then at the end of service, there was no prayer team. It was me. Line up, Benny Hinn style. I'm praying for everybody. I was, I was the one man band, and it was dumb church. Not that the church of Jesus is ever dumb, but the way I was leading it was dumb because I was not developing people. Listen, you're a leader for a reason. 
you're good at doing what you do for a reason. But the, 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 the sidetracked part of that that the devil would love to get you to believe is nobody else can do what you do. And so, therefore, don't release ministry to anybody. Oh, no, no, you, you, can't, you can't trust that person. And if you're not careful, you begin to walk around with a gift of suspicion. You look at people like, mm, yeah, you got fun. She, she would mess this up by her. And so you hold on to everything so tightly, and the church does not grow. Write this down. It's not about getting the job done. It's about getting the people done. It's not about the job. It's not about getting the job done. It's about getting the people done. We've got to get the people done. Good work. Now, um, who are the most connected people in the church? I'll tell you who they are. The most, write this down, the most connected people in any church are those serving and smokers. I've never been to your church, but I can tell you right now who's the most connected people. Those serving in the small group. So the question we begin to ask is how do we get more people serving in the small groups? Like that's the question. How do, we, how do we do that? So it's difficult for me to start letting stuff go because my mom, who was on our staff for a while before she went to heaven, she said, John, you get responsibility without authority. I was like, whatever, mom, I'm your pastor. <laughs> but she was absolutely right. I would expect results from people, but not give them the authority to do that. Why? Because I was a control freak. Now, I'm not against control freaks. Most of the great pastors I know are control freaks, and it makes me feel good about myself. <laughs> but you just have to be a functioning control freak. <laughs> that means you have, to, you have to get over yourself, and you've got to give ministry away. Because we all want the same thing in life. We all want to see people saved, redeemed, and others fulfilled. Like we all want to fulfill the Great Commission. Did I hear an amen? We all want that, but here's what we're realizing. Some of us who were raised in church are realizing that some of the systems and processes by which we were raised are not as effective as we thought they were. So what do we do? Do we just stay, do we keep doing the same system that's not working? Some of you are like, I'm not a systems guy. Yeah, we are all a systems guy. <laughs> There's just some systems that work and some that don't. And I want to help you with a system that helped us Go from 300 for seven years, zero growth, to I'm begging God under my desk, crying, and I'm literally crying, saying, God, show me another pastor to, to pass my church on to because I've hit my lid. And I, here's the scary thing I begin to accept it. Okay. Alright. I had a big dream to reach a lot of people, but I guess this is it. I guess this is it for me. Can I tell you? Many of you are there right now. You feel like giving up, feel like there's no way out, feel like you hit your lid. John Maxwell helps us understand you can actually lift the lid. There's a lid on you, yes, but you can lift that. You can lift the leadership lid, and you have to start with you first. What kind of leader are you? Are you an empowering leader? Are you an encouraging leader? Are you, are you a leader that's, that's helping people move to their next step? So, church began to grow from 300, and for seven years stuck there. Next year, 500. It's almost double. Next year, 800. Next year, uh, 900. Next year, 1600. Now, about 5,000 people come on the weekend to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Okay, listen, let me tell you. Without vision, people perish. Let me elaborate. Without bite-sized steps on how to reach that vision, pastors grow increasingly frustrated. You need some bite-sized steps on what to do to go from here to there. So for us, it was growth travel, drinking, small groups. And we changed our Sundays to be a church service where unchurched people want to come back along with church people as well. So there's a recipe, and I want to help you with this. Because the most connected people in any church are those serving in small groups. you agree with that? Say yes? Yeah. Okay, so if that's true, let's look at it. Let's look at the people serving currently at your church. I had Krispy Kreme stop when it first came out. Anybody like Krispy Kreme? Oh, let's just have our hands for saturated water. Thank you. So, so here's what happens. We bought stock. It goes up and splits four times. I'm 21 years old. Nobody, nobody told me what to buy. Like, I didn't have a big portfolio. I had Krispy Kreme. Every single day, I'm on my laptop looking, is it growing, is it growing, is it growing? I'd be stabbing, pretending I'm paying attention, and I'm looking hour by hour, is it growing, is it growing? Now, I sold Krispy Kreme. My family and I 
still go to Krispy Kreme. We're not anti-Krispy Kreme. We'll go there. Uh, once every two months, maybe, get a dozen donuts and get the hat. We get the milk and the coffee. It's not that we hate Krispy Kreme. We just don't care whether it grows or not because we're no longer invested. That's good. I never check it, so. I never check it. I don't care. They can tank, and I wouldn't care. Yeah. That's your church. The people in your church who are serving in small groups, they're invested. They want this thing to grow. They're not holding up the door, saying, hey, come on in. People holding signs, those dumb signs. Hey, welcome. It's Sunday fun day. You know, those guys. We have them, by the way. They want this church to grow. Why? They got some skin in the game. They're invested. They want, so they're the ones that buy, they're the ones reposting your social media, they're the, they're the ones, you have to increase that tribe of people who are serving, and not just volunteering, like we don't even use the word volunteer, yeah. like, we will find you two months time, if you say volunteer. <laughs> Here's why, for us in our culture, it represents drudgery. It's like, hey, come volunteer, I can get, I can get you to volunteer, I can get you to do anything. And in about three months, you're going to come to me and say, Sean, that's so hurt out. <laughs> I don't even remember that before. You know what, Pastor? I'm just, I love you. I love the church. I'm just hurt <laughs> What does that mean? That means you're doing the wrong thing or right. with the wrong motive. Because yeah. when you do what you're created to do, so you don't burn out. Right. The more you do it, the more it energizes you. Yeah. We just got to help you find out what that is. Yeah. I'm a leader communicator. I'll do this all yeah. day long. I get tired at the end of the day, and our dream team got like a hundred people, interns running all around serving here. They're going to run around crazy. But when they lay their head down on a pillow tonight, they're going to say, that's how you live a day, baby. Yeah. Connect to the purpose. We made a difference in pastors' lives. Come on, you got to help them see that stuff. If, if you can't help them see that stuff, it's going to be you, the one-man band, and you're, you're, you're now angry. You're like an angry pastor. And then I can't get anybody served. I can't get anybody tied. I can't get anybody to do anything. Don't say that you can't get them to do that. Say you haven't led them there. Wow. That's good. Let's take responsibility. That's it. So for me, it was, a, it was so tough. And I tell you, it was so tough for me to release ministry. So tough for me to not lead worship and not do the offering and not do the announcements and not do the prayer. And I mean, but now we have a dream team of 2,500 people. So one or two people are serving at the church. Which, by the way, our church grew to 2,000 people with three full-time staff. Now it's 5,000 with five full-time staff. 12 part-time and five full-time. I don't know any church that's running that lean. He said, how, how, how do you do that? Because our staff is there not to do the job. We've told our staff, if I catch you doing the job, you're going to get fired. I, I, I know this is foreign to a lot of us, but we think in America, if we need to get a job done, pay somebody. I don't want our staff paying and doing the job. I need you to be the biggest team builder in the world. You're more effective to me and the kingdom and the church if you're building teams like crazy. If I catch you doing the job, that, that doesn't help us at all. If you're doing the job by yourself, you're hurting us. Because there are other people with gifts sitting on the sidelines that don't get to use their gift because you're the only one playing. The church becomes like a football game with 60,000 screaming fans desperately needed exercise (laughs) watching 22 guys on the field desperately needed arrest. Sound familiar? So the most connected people in any church are serving in small groups. You have to have a clear pathway then by which to help them get there. I had a couple families leave our church in like year three. That was a rough year for us. They said this. They said, Sean, we love the, we love the preaching and the worship. Kids love the kids program. But to us, the church is a little cliquish. It's like, what? Your mom's cliquish? <laughs> no, that's detailed. Uh, in your head. In your head, right? You have these conversations. That was a lot of voices going on in my head. But you think for a moment... People leave your church because they think it's clickish, and you're like, we have the nicest church people in the world. We're not clickish. And the Holy Spirit stopped me one day. I was driving on the road and said, Do you remember that? I said, Yeah. So if I come to your church, let's say I come to your church on a Sunday. I like the preaching, I like the worship, kids get color and page. But we leave and we think, oh, the church is clickish. We're not coming back. 
Why? Because there wasn't a clear pathway on day one whereby I, as a first-time guest, know how to get involved. So many of us think, oh, I'm going to preach. So it their heart. I'm going to sing more songs. And their kids get a cover page. And we're going to grow the church. Good luck with that. Many of us are in this room right now because that is not working. So I want to help you know how to do a growth track. Because growth track, listen to me, growth track has got to be the front door. Yeah. I talked to some guys like, oh, growth track doesn't work for us. I'm like, that's because it's A thing you do, it's not B thing you do. This is not like a, a side thing we do, like it's there for people who need it. It is the front door of our church. So if you come to our church, you're going to hear about growth track. If you have to ask me, hey, how do I get involved in your church? We fail to as a pastor. If you have to ask, how do you involved? How horrible are we as leaders? So every week, every service, and every time, we're going to tell you what the front door is. So by the way, um, let's say we're in L.A. We are. And we go out to dinner tonight. And um, I say, hey, guys, I want to take you to this great restaurant. It's, it's amazing. I've heard great things. And we go, uh, good reviews. We go there, and there's no front door. There's just, there's just windows. There's a back door that you and I don't know about. I guarantee you we are leaving. We're not sitting around to find a back door somewhere. But there's too many other great restaurants to choose from. That's church. So many of us churches have a back door where people can get involved, but we don't have a front door. So we're like, hey, I want to, you hear people, I want to get involved. You're like, okay, good. Sit down for about nine months. Let me watch you and see if you have the proper amount of righteousness to serve and shake hands at the front door. We make it so hard for people. And what level is okay to serve on the dream team? Drinking all the volunteers, if you will, at the church. Um, what level of righteousness do they need to acquire? Well, that's up to you. For us, there's different levels because a greeter, and you you can just be barely saved. And I just need you to be, sort of smile off, man, and hold a sign, right? Lead, lead to lead people or lead a small group. There's an honor code that we have people sign that says, hey, we're not going to participate in that. We can give you that on the growleader.com website, growleader.com. But, but I would encourage you to have a front door because many times we don't have a front door and people would leave your church. Have, has anybody ever had this problem before? People come, but they don't come back. It doesn't stick. The biggest thing you need of today is not necessarily that people get saved. Because they're with me before you think I'm preaching heresy. <laughs> that is the ultimate goal. But if they don't come back, and even though you got them to raise their hand, and even if you got to pray with them, and you got their break, if they don't come back, we lose. Now we can take that that old school approach that we'll be just planting a seed, some plant, some water, God gives an increase. Yeah, but I want to see some increase in our church. I want to be like the place where God waters. Yeah. Yeah. Bible says God sets the lonely in families. We're praying that we could be the type of family God would set the lonely. So what does that look like? Our goal is we need guests to come back because if I get you to come back, I have a lifetime now to get you saved, redeemed, delivered, and fulfilled. We're not going to try to do it all on Monday, but I need you to come back. And to come back, I need you. Here's a few things about the dream team. I'm getting to growth track. This is all by way of introduction. <laughs> but we have we have our readers. They have they have a couple goals. Two goals. I need you to get everybody who comes to the door, four or seven friends, and get them plugged into Life Giving Team. Why? Because the most connected people in any church are those serving as home. So the goal is to get four or seven friends and get them plugged into a team immediately. You're like, again, with the whole which level of righteousness. Well, Jesus comes to Matthew, who's a tax collector, a criminal, and a crook. He's like, hey, you make a great addition to my team. <laughs> so you bring people close, you pastor them in relationship, in small group settings, and you give them purpose. The greatest need of the human heart is to make a difference. Anybody remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs? It's like all the needs that we have, safety needs, we have a need for this, need for that. The biggest one is there is a desperate need, a transcendence need to make a difference in the world. That's when you come alive. So, for us, the most connected people in any church, those serving in small groups, We've got to create a clear pathway on day one where people know how to get involved. That is, here we go, the growth track. Growth track, super simple. 
Step one, week one, first time of every month, is membership. We're going to teach you about who we are, tell you a little bit about what we believe, and, and what our strategy is to reach people, and give you an opportunity to sign a paper and say, I'm in. I mean, it's one, it's one class. And then week two happens on week two. It's real simple. And this last is a discovery class. We're going to give you a spiritual gifts test. We're going to give you a personality test. Find out if you have one. <laughs> and, and from this spiritual gifts test, you will then be shown where your gifts can be used in the church. You have the gift of administration. Awesome. Hey, we have a couple teams over here. Uh, the gift of mercy. Great. Over here. Gift of shepherding. Great. You should probably be smaller. I mean, we're helping them. Because 87% of the body of Christ do not know what their spiritual gift is. They don't know why they're breathing. What if 87% of your body didn't work? We call that paralysis. We cannot get excited now that 13% of the body of Christ, the capital C church in the globe, knows their spiritual gift and we call that healthy? That's not healthy. There's a paralysis in the church. And we as pastors, our job is not to do ministry. Look at me, everybody. Ephesians 4, 11 is very clear. The whole five-fold ministry, you're not to do ministry. You're to train the saints to do the work of ministry. We have it all backwards. I'm not even a minister. I'm a pastor. My job is to train ministers. And everybody in your church is a 10 in some area. You need to tell them that. You're a 10 in some area. You're a 10. You may not be a 10 in every area, but I know who made you. And God doesn't make junk. You're a 10 somewhere. I want to help you find out what that is. I want to do a, to do a series called Go Digger. Because there's gold inside of you. I want to help you pull that out. Because most people are like, if I can't preach or sing, I don't have a spiritual gift. And it's just not true. So we got to help. we got to help. you got a pastor. That's part of what pastoring is. Otherwise, you have the Jethro principle, Exodus 18. And Moses is like doing way too much. And Jethro's like, bro, come on. That's dumb. The way you're leading is dumb. You're going to burn out. It's not good. Give some stuff away. So you give stuff away, but you got to be careful that you don't just give it to them and, and don't train them. A lot of people think that they're great delegators, but they're just good dumpers. I tried to give it to somebody and they failed and dropped the ball. Yeah, that's because it's going to take some time. Wow. We're expecting God to send us people. This, have you ever prayed this? God sent us people, the people that we need, send them in. Yeah, you'll be praying for that for a while. Because God normally does not send people in. You are walking by the people in the lobby every Sunday that He has already sent you. And you have to take the time to raise them. Anybody can make a child. Take some time to raise them properly. I'm going to be saved. Woo! Great. We're in revival. Yeah. What's next? Do you just go out and have a bunch of kids? We got to help them now. Raise them. Time. We have four girls now in college. It's weird to say. Um, four girls in college. We've, we've, we've spent more money on them than anyone else will ever spend on them. We spend more time with them. We pray more for them than anybody else will ever pray for them. Why? Because parenting takes time. So you're going to help these people see it, right? Does this make sense? So step one, membership. Step two, it's a spiritual gifts test. It's really fun. And step three, this is where you do a leadership class, and it's really simple. We teach a leadership session. It's this, four things really quickly. I need you to love God. Like, hey, I'll, I'll, if you're going to lead on a church, in, on a drink team, I need you to love God. Like, have your own personal relationship with God. Don't come here on a Sunday and be like, oh, you know what? I just so hungry. I, I left my last church because I wasn't being fed. What does that even mean? Yeah. <laughs> we have more Bible than we know what to do with. Bible on CD, Bible online. We have a Bible app that will read it to you if you're too lazy to read it by yourself. Like, come on. <laughs> read the Bible. Like we tell Christians at some point, you're going to have to read this book. <laughs> the only people who cry when they're hungry are babies. Grown folks get up and make themselves a sandwich. Let's teach the people to love God for yourself. And then, number two, love people. I need you to genuinely love people. Like, really love them. Don't just love God. Some people are like, I love Jesus, I'm not even a church thing. That's not okay with them. 
Because Ephesians says this, Christ is the head, the church is his body. Say that with me. Christ is the head, the church is his body. One more time. Christ is the head, the church is his body. You can't decapitate Jesus. You can't say, I'm doing the Jesus thing, I'm doing the church thing. It's not okay with me. It's not okay. We've got to teach people, love people like crazy. Have the best attitude in the room. Be the best worker in the room. I mean, just... We teach them all that. And then number three, pursue excellence. It's not that we ever arrive there, but excellence creates comfort. Like I've stayed, uh, I've stayed, I've stayed at a really nice hotel before, and that's oh, it just it's so good, it's so sound. And then I stayed at that one hotel, remember I told you? We checked out of And uh, it's just gross. I was like, I'm staying, I'm staying the same hotel tonight, because this is nice. I don't know what's been going on with that. Excellence creates comfort. You have to create an environment of excellence. Strive for it at least. And then number four, really simple, and that is that we uh, we choose joy. We choose joy. As a dream dreamer, you're going to be an extension of us. So we're going to choose joy. You wake up, never have anybody walking on eggshells around you. And never be Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You don't want to guess which version of you is showing up to serve. <laughs> so that's a leadership thing. And then step four, this is a fun one. Our, our team comes in. We have 22 teams at our church that you join, and they all come in, and they, they, they sit and they look at your spiritual gifts that you just took, and the top three, it will recommend now, hey, you, should, you could probably serve in this team, or you could probably serve in this team, and they pitch it on a TV screen. We used to have all of them come in, and but uh, we found out some of the leaders are not the best presenters. So we have the 22 team members, the best presenters on the team, by the way, who can pitch it for, I think it's 30 seconds. And you cannot, you have to pitch it and don't say the word need. Because people don't respond to need, they respond to vision. Let me, let me prove it to you. I can say, hey, guys, um, we really need some more people in the nursery. I've been serving there for six months. I have not seen the light of day. I haven't been to a service. I'm so dry spiritually. I don't want to shake a baby. Like, I don't, I do not need to be in there right now. Please. For the love of God, join my team. Okay, who's, who wants to sign up? No, no, no. Okay, what if I said this? Hey, guys, we had a kid come to preschool a couple weeks ago, and he was crying when he came in, but he cried when he, when he left because we won him over. He didn't want to leave. And he begged his dad, Dad, we want to go back to the church this week. And his dad brings him back reluctantly. Dad gets saved. Now the whole family's coming to Jesus. How many don't join that team? You see the difference? Leave the vision. Push vision. So then they just meet. They break up and they meet. There's, there's round tables in the growth track room, and the teams will just go to the people, and that, that's where they have a one-on-one see, you know, hey, are you crazy? Or are you you pretty gifted? You're new to the Lord? Let me just encourage you. You should probably start with, you know, go to a small group first, or yeah, jump on the team. It's that moment. Four weeks. Got, by the way, guys, you can do them out of order. Step one, two, three, you do out of order. The only one you can't start with is four, because that's when you join the team. Now, we offered it a Sunday night, and it was moderately successful. We were the first ones, Lane told us, to, we, we moved into a Sunday morning during our second service. This was back when we had three services. So you go to church, you go to growth track, you go to growth track, you go to church. Right. I already have you here. I'm, you're not going home, watching the game, taking a nap, and then reluctantly coming back or not coming back. You're here already. We already have child care, number two. That's a big one. And the numbers just begin to spike. So um, we've had anywhere from 90 to 200 people every month will join, will go through growth track. 95% of them that start step one will finish step four. I've heard we have one of the highest retaining rates of growth track. And that's because we call, well, it's because of a lot of things. We pitch it, and I'll show you how to pitch it. Remind me to tell you how we pitch it at the church. But we pitch it, and then we call them between steps. We don't, we don't call first-time guests. Because I think church guests want to check out church anonymously. Yeah. But now you've identified, you are, you are now wanting to be a part of us. So we call you between step one and step two. Hey, everybody, so grateful that you came today. Uh, don't miss that, that next week. It's going to be the spiritual gifts test. It's going to be one of the best ones you've ever had, both of them. And then same one. So we're encouraging, always pushing, don't miss, don't miss next week. Next week is this, next week is this. And 95% of the people who graduate... Actually, get on a team. So we're building, 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 building. And what's happening? Now we have 2,500 people on the team who want this church to grow. They are the ones who are bought in, 
heart, soul, and body. They are the most committed people and the most connected people now. Before all this, it was get up, worship, preach, altar call, go home, repeat. And we were not seeing results. But now we're like, oh, okay, so Ephesians 4 is true. We should probably train some folks. It's just, it was the biggest mind shift for me. But I'm telling everybody, it can happen. Now make it consistent. Don't allow anything to push that off. Growth track happens for us. We do it on Easter Sunday morning. Come on here. We do it on, we do it on Groundhog Day. We do it on Mother's Day, Father's Day. We just we refuse to move it. The only only month we I think we don't do it. No, we do it every month. Yes. So um, some like December we we combine set three and four. That's because of you know we'll think on Christmas. But every other month it's and and I would encourage you everybody make it the front door verbally from the stage, but don't rely on that. Here's how we make it front door every week. And I'm going to give you some language. Language creates culture. So here's what happens. Everybody in the greeter, the hosting team, they ask people four questions when they come to church if, if a conversation should arise. Number one is, think Pinocchio's nose. Hey, how long have you come here? How long have you come? Don't say it's just your first time, and then they're like, hey, I've been coming for two years, but thanks for noticing. Just like I thought your church is bookish. So how long have you come here? Number two, how'd you hear about us? Think Dumbo. How'd you hear about us? Just conversation starts. How'd you hear about us? Oh, friend. Uh, mailer. Um, and then number three is, where'd you go before this? Where'd you go before this? If they say nowhere, it's a red flag, guys. They have no spiritual background. We've got to get them four to seven friends and plug them onto a team as fast as we can to keep them. And then number four is, have you been to the growth track? Well, of course they haven't been. But now you can tell them how amazing this is. For everybody who thinks they're a member of your church already, like, what's this growth track thing? You tell them this, I need you to go through it, because if you don't go through it, you can't re- recommend it to new people. I had one lady over the eight, nine years we've been doing it. She really didn't like it. She was like, ah, Sean, I don't see this in the Bible. Growth track's not in the Bible. I'm like, well, neither are staff meetings, but they're helpful. <laughs> so I doubt anybody will give you pushback. But you, you teach a series on purpose, and you almost bend to the selfishness of the, of the first-time guests. Like, there's purpose in you. You're a tan in some area. We want to help you discover what this looks like. And you can come to our growth track. I mean, it's super simple. It's that. And people begin to respond because there's a need in them. They all want to make a difference. They just don't know how. So help them. Help them. Okay, here's what we say every week, every time, every service. It's something like this. First of all, they're here in the lobby if they get in a conversation with anybody because everybody's pushing it to the front door of the church. Secondly, right after worship, two people come up, hey, let's praise God for this whatever, you know, the song or his goodness, and uh, let's thank God for all our guests as well, all our guests church, thanks so much, hey the guys there's a connection card in your seat back in front of you love to have you fill that out at some point, drop it in a basket as it comes around after service and um, just want to let you know our, the front door of our church is called our growth track it is right behind this wall at 6.45 on Saturday night or Sunday 10 o'clock, and this is how you join the church, discover your gifts and, and just give us four weeks to help you do that, look, real fast and then greeting time, I come up to preach and every sermon, I'm slipping this in my sermon. Somewhere in the message, one of the core values, either small groups, drinking, or growth track. Just a, and it can look like this. And that's why growth track is so important. Because at the end of every service, every time, after salvation, but hey, guys, let's have praise for all those who prayed the prayer today. Great job. So proud of you. Listen to me. Let's all take our connection card out. It's in the seat back in front of you. If you're a member, just put your name and email in there. And by the way, we have everybody... All of our dream team filling it out as well. Because it's positive peer pressure. <laughs> if you're the only guest, you're a guest, and nobody in your row is filling the growth of the card out, you ain't filling it out. If everybody is, you're going, oh, okay. you're more apt to fill it out. <laughs> if you're a member, just put your name and email. It's all we need from you. If you're a guest, we're so glad you're here. Fill out as much information as you want. We have a no-hassle guarantee. We're going to send you one letter, and then that's it. We're not calling you. or showing up at the doorstep. We're glad you're here. Keep coming back. This church keeps getting gooder and good. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> if you pray that prayer check the box that matches your decision today I'm giving my life to Christ or I'm renewing my commitment to Christ and let me give you four steps you should take because nobody would hit a home run and not run the bases don't make the biggest important decision of your life and then do nothing number one you should join a church 
you don't have to join this church. There's a lot of great churches around. We love this church. How about you? Uh, your next opportunity to join this church is what we call our growth track. It's the first Sunday of October 6th and 7th, Saturday night at 645, Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. It happens every month. It'll be there. Even if you're not, if you didn't sign up, just show up because we're ready for you. Are you seeing the language already? Yeah. And you give us four weeks, give you four weeks to help you discover your purpose. It's not hard. It's not because we're super smart. God's word just works. A lot of you, and I, I say some of the things I've said already, 87% of people don't know why they're breathing. We want to help you know why. And then number three, we need to get in a small group. Go get in a small group because you're, you're not meant to do life alone. And the small groups are at this website, and here's what they are. They meet almost for any reason between Bible study and basketball. And we want to help you get, learn, uh, you know, get some friends. Number four, get on the drink team. Watch this because you'll never know what purpose feels like until you've, you're making a difference in somebody else's life. Church becomes really fun when you stop coming just for you. There's something inside of you that I can't even unlock until you're serving because God created you with gifts and I want to help you know how to use them to make a difference for eternity. It's that type of stuff. And every week, every time we say it, to the point where now an intern came up a few months ago and was like, hey, Sean, I can impersonate you. I was like, all right, get on stage and do it then. Grab the microphone. He's like, hey, everybody, my name is Sean Lynch. doing this thing. <laughs> At the very end, he's like, hey, let's come for his walls and pray the prayer today. Great job. Let me give you four things you should do. Number one, you should join church. Number two, you go. He did it verbatim. <laughs> if you go out to any of our interns over here, ask him. What did Sean say at the very end of the message to, to help? What are the four steps that we, 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 they, all, they all know? So watch this. This on stage, all of what I said sounded really important. It is. But that's not where all of it comes from. Too many of us rely on Sunday announcements and we forget the ground game of the congregation. And they, I say it every week, why? Because every weekend is somebody's first weekend. And the, the people who are our church folks, they need to have the language to communicate this in the lobby. So how many people in your church could picture next steps? How many, the, the vision, the, the articulation could they say with precision? Because if they can, and that's the front door, yeah. people, we then will go someplace else. Yes. So, we help people discover their gifts. And we're like, hey guys, we want you to do this in your passions. If you hate kids, we don't want you in the nursery. <laughs> if, you're, if you're mean, we don't want you bringing people to the front door. <laughs> Can you imagine if we put all the mean people all the signs? <laughs> Like, that would be the worst. I actually have been to church, and he, I, as I said all this, he's like, you're absolutely right. We have the meanest readers in the thing. I walked out, I was like, no, you don't, God. I walked out, I was like, oh, dang, he does. <laughs> he really does. These people are mean. Why do they do mean? This the first impression? The sermon begins the parking lot, guys. It begins the website. But it begins the parking lot. Like, tell them, guys, they're not going to hear me if they don't like you. You got to win them over in the first three minutes. So the drinking is now filling this. And we do a rally. Oh, back to the great ground game. The ground game is this. Everybody in the church, the drinking is encouraged to help people take that next step. What if you did this? Take everybody in your staff or your core team or your drinking team and just say, hey guys, growth track coming up October 7th. How many people are you influential over? At church? Well, I don't know, like 30? Ah, oh, this guy's 80. This guy's 300. Okay. How many people are you going to make sure get a growth track? How many people are you going to talk to about growth track? Oh, um, okay, I'm going to do 10. All right, your name's Jenny, we'll put you number 10. How about Michelle? How many, how many people are you going to launch over? Uh, 45, probably? Okay, how many people are you going to get? Two. Come on. Uh, guys, if you think it's a little low, it's a little low. How many are you going to do? Okay, 10. Let me do this stuff. Write it down. And so we have all this, and, and whoever loses, you know, it's going to make it fun for the staff. I have to watch everybody's call or bring donuts in or. It's just a fun competition, but now you've got them all thinking towards the same thing. The front door. Like, grow tracks on you guys. Let's fill that room up. Because the most connected people in any church are those serving as small groups. we got to fill them up, that, that up so we can help them discover their gifts. Because God didn't call you just to save people. He's going to save them. He saves them. He didn't call you just to do that. The Great Commission, Colossians 1, 28. And matter of fact, probably 14 places, 13 places from Exodus all the way through the New Testament is... And we want them to know God personally. We want them to, to, to really 
and find some freedom that's in small groups, and then discover their purpose, because they don't know it, and then make a difference somehow on the dream team. So, we just help move the ball down the field. And then we do a rally for the dream team. Once they're on there, keep vision in front of them, everybody. And what is a rally? A rally is this. It happens uh, before the first service and before our ninth service. 45 minutes before, this will change the whole culture of your team, by the way, to make it feel real good. We, we yell through the lobby, rally, 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 rally time, rally, whatever song you want. And everybody rallies up. And however many of there are, and you ask a stupid question. Hey, everybody, um, uh, what's your favorite dessert? Find three people, tell them, ready to go. You have 30 seconds. Hey, next week. Hey, everybody, if you had to eat a bug, what would it be? Tell three people, ready to go. Next week. Hey, if you had to be stranded on a desert island, who would it be with? Tell three people, ready to go. If you had to be a superhero, like every week, it's a stupid question. And then you say, well, Sean, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Yeah, but watch this. They start talking and laughing and pushing each other, and you have to literally say, okay, stop liking each other. Come on back, come on back. Let, who said you eat a cockroach? You're nasty. I eat an ant because it's small but spicy. Ha ha ha. Now you've rallied up. The ice is down. Let me tell you why we're really here this early, guys. Because a few weeks ago, somebody came to Sean in the gym and said, Thanks for making a church for broken people like me. I came to your church high on dub and I left. But two of those people in the front, those greeters getting up to call, they came and got me and said, We're about to start in 10 minutes. Why don't you stay? Came back and I felt the love of God for the first time in my life. I raised my hand for salvation, trembling. I went up for prayer and instantaneously I was made sober. It's been eight days since I've used the drinking and saying, guys, that's because of what you did. Let's go into the story game today. One, two, three, drinking. Are you seeing the difference in culture building? Opposed to, hey guys, gotta get these chairs up. Hurry up. Hey, how's your night? Rough. Yeah, me too, buddy. But we're here. <laughs> Who wants to be a part of that? <laughs> Tie it back to vision. Right. Not me, vision. We're going to change somebody's life then. Yeah. And then they go from the rally. That's three minutes. It's not the time to preach, by the way. We've had our team, I pass it off, and I train them, and then like three months later, I walk in and guys like, hey, that's what God said. And John chapter 3 said, calm yourself then. <laughs> I, I said, uh, one minute testimony, or being of how what they do has changed somebody's life. And then they go to their huddles and they, they go there for about 15 minutes and that's all the dream team meet, like all the kids meet together, all the media people, all the band, and they have a little huddle which is like, hey, how's your week been going? Hey, here's a little win from yesterday. Hey, let's pray for Jimmy, he's about to lose his job. And boom, got one. Because it's not about getting the job done, it's about getting the people done first. I'm telling you, everybody, I'm blown away by what God's done through the church. We would not be here had I not had these bite-sized steps on how to help people find their passions and then connect that passion to eternity and making a difference. And um, I've had some people um, kind of push back on the growth track. Like, oh, let's get, I don't know. Arguing on West Coast. That work out here. It's kind of working for us. It's kind of working for Kevin Gerald. It's kind of working for Aaron Jane. It's kind of and like... It's a leadership issue, guys. Let's lead the people of God because that's what we are called to do. Amen, everybody. Amen. Amen. What time is it? All right, we got about 10 minutes for some questions. Do you have any questions? Yeah. Um, so, whenever people go through step four and they get find the team that they think they want, they get on, what happens if, I'm sure this happened before, but if someone goes to a team they think they like, they don't like it? What would be, is there like a specific strategy you have? Yeah, so he's asking if somebody joins the team they don't like it, what do they do? That's the beauty of it. Your job is just to help them find the right fit. So you can get them on the bus and move seats as many times as you want to. I'm not, I'm not worried about the need in the church. I'm worried about your passion. And you'll know because when you do it, it energizes you. So I want to help you. It's totally fine to transfer teams as many times as you want to because we're just trying to connect you to something. And when you do it, it's like, boom, it's a great and effective door that you walk through. So we just have to find it. Yeah. How, what classes do you teach personally? I started teaching all the classes up front first. I will, we never give up step one. 
uh, because that's first generation DNA I want them to get. And, but I would bring people in and I would say, hey, watch me, watch me, watch me for months. Watch me, watch me, watch me. Okay, now you do it. Now you do it. Here's the stuff. I teach it. And you could role play with that. Hey, teach it to me. Teach it like and, and sometimes um, we would start off and there would be 10 people, 20 people, one people, person. Uh, sometimes there would be nobody. And the team would be like, oh, man, only one person? And I said, well, not, never have that attitude. That's right. You, you, you take an hour to go to coffee with somebody for one person, which you And if you can spend an hour with them, you can sell your church. And if there's nobody that shows up, big whoop. We got a night off. Let's eat. But if it's, if it's important, it needs to be on the calendar all every month. Every month. So I don't teach. Um, I, we have video now for set one where my wife teaches it, and I come in, and I'll teach the other part. And then, um, uh, yeah, and so I do video, and then there's somebody else to teach step two, video teaching step three, and then step four is somebody else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you do with your fifth Sunday? Fifth Sunday is the week off. Yeah. You need a bug. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not even about <laughs> Just when you meet with staff beyond dream, like if you is that all you do with dream team, or do you have like quarterly like rallies? Do you have like have you can do some people do quarterly rallies. Those are fun. You won't get everybody there. We do a dream team party in February. That is the the best thing in the world, and we'll dump major cash in that. I mean, twenty five dollars a head. Not as free, but we would pay for that. We have a jazz band, have whatever, just make funny videos. Everybody wants to be there. And if anybody's like, hey, what you doing? You know, that's that's a lot of money for one night. Uh, somebody came to Pastor Chris one day and one time blew him up. Like, that's a, that's a lot of money. He said, well, listen, um, all these people work for free. If I were to pay these people, you know how much money that would be? The guy said, you're the smartest man ever. <laughs> so there's, there's that drinking party, and then I meet with my staff on Mondays with the higher staff, and then on Tuesday mornings with all staff. And we're basically going over all this stuff. We're trying to get people plugged in and moving it all down the field. Yeah? Before you showed your doors went away school, how, how involved were they, and how did you energize they're still with us. We, we, our girls turned 18 and we started Bible college. That's called smart parenting. <laughs> no, they're, they're still with us. We have a, a SGU Bible college extension site at our, our church. So how do you energize your family before you get to the church, especially for planters, that family gets burned out? How do you energize Our family's never been burned out. I'm, I'm sorry about that. We've, we just kept vision before them and we don't critique on Sundays. I used to, and it would, man, take take the fun out. I get in the van, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I can't get the microphone on. How come the thing? And I blow up, and I realize something. There's there's four little girls back here that are listening to everything I say. And so I turn around, and now we have this phrase at our church: If you can't say something nice, no, force yourself to. I won't say this. This is leadership one on one. So when you've had the worst week of your life, you turn around and you dig for the win. We had five people give their life to Jesus today. Girls, this is what you did. What? When they're young, I mean, they're getting prayer meeting. And when I fell them just kind of spacing out, we make it fun. Celebrate the heck out of everything that they do. We lean down and say, hey, if you worship real good, we'll give you ice cream after. <laughs> <laughs> we just take them on the journey with us. Now they come to all five services. They're all getting worship. Not, not because we want to, but because they want to. And I want to pray for your family too. So I know that's a struggle. Yeah. Um, even that you have such a low paid staff as far as quantity, how many maintenance members do you have serving during the week? On one weekend? Like on during the week. Uh, do you have three teams during the week that are yeah. in the weekend? Do you know that? Tons. I don't know that number, but yeah, I get a lot. You know, Gene at the Fellowship Church, G E N E, he's over the dream team. G E N E at the Fellowship Church dot com. Yeah. How do you uh, when you try to to run to go track? But on the step two, the spiritual gifts. How do you help very new people to to deal with that uh, spiritual gift? Well, spiritual is a big word, but it's really what are you good at? We want to help you with your passions is another word. So you're good at something. 
So you walk in, and some people say, man, these, these chairs can be straightened a little bit more. They can probably fix some more people. And they see that. Other person walk in and sits by the lonely person, and they're like, oh, hey, what's your name? You sit with me? Well, that person never saw the chairs, and the chair person never saw them. So it's not good or bad. It, it just reveals probably what your your passion would be and what you'd be effective at doing in the world. So it's, it's helping that way. Let's do um, Got a few minutes. Let's, let's take questions. Like, real concise. Can you ask them? How long are each of your classes? Uh, one hour. What do you call your volunteers? Dream teamers. How long you, did it take for you to get the flywheel rolling? One year. <laughs> it, takes, it takes about a year for this thing to work, everybody. Don't think you'd be road like, boom, revive. One guy stopped after 10. He had 10 people. And he's like, ah, road track didn't work. And I was like, what? How many of you use 10 people a month? That's 120 in a year. If you just work it. There's a tipping point, everybody. You do it, you do it, you do it, and all of a sudden, boom, wow. Now this is culture. Because it's not culture right now. Until you get it and you get it and you do it and you do it and you do it. Pretty soon, about a year. It takes about a year for us. Yeah. Do you have like a visual representation or like a document where we can see all the, all the steps that you talked about? Just to... Yeah, growleader.com. Growleader.com, yeah. You mentioned after step one, you offer a membership to the church. Yeah. Who does that look like after the lead? Step one, someone contact them. Yeah, just after step one, everybody gets contacted. I can't wait for you to go to step two. And they sign a form that they believe in what we believe, or you know, the same of faith. And in the honor code, they sign step two. Because we were doing step four honor code, and some people would get mad. I spent four weeks here, and now you're telling me I can't smoke crack? Like, that's not what So we put that right up front. The honor codes, like, is everybody, listen, is everybody adhering the honor code? No. Right. Like, none of us can ever live up to it all the time, but we do call that sin, and when somebody is, you know, messing up, you now have a document to go back to and say, hey, remember that sign? Right, yeah. I just saw you on Facebook, you were, you know, dancing on top of the bar at the pump club. Why do you still feel the need to do that? Now you have an opportunity to go back to it and have a life getting check. <laughs> you laugh, but you know you can. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, was there one more? Yeah. I'm sorry? Week four? Join the team. That's when they meet with all the dream team captains. Yeah. They join the team. Yeah. Do you still use the road track? Do you use the same disc scan? Or do you use my paper? Or do you do it like online? No, it's this. It's a paper. Yeah. And we're trying to think of creative ways like, hey, do we offer this every week now? I'm sorry, every service? Because people like options. Do we offer an online version? Like my mind's always trying to think of new ways. This is how we're currently doing it. Yeah. You let people jump in any time, or you push them the first week. You can jump in step one, step two, step three, but not step four. And you can do them out of order. And most people will do them out of order. And you just got to tell them it's okay. How do you keep track of those that are doing them? Excel spreadsheet, some sort. And it might be planning center or something like that. But yeah, you keep track of everybody who, who's completed well. Yeah. So they've got to get one, two, and three before they go. Yeah. And I used to say, hey, guys, step one is there for membership, two, three, and four. It's there if you need it. And what I found was if you don't value it, neither do they. Yeah. So now it's, you've got to go through all set four, all four steps to join the dream team. And um, when they do, man, it's, it's a party. It's like the, the team welcomes them. Hey, we got a new person on the dream team. They watch it, and there's a lot of fun. The job training. Here's what. Here's how we lead. Here's how we read. Here's how you're sitting right here. And it's all that. Everybody else? Yeah. One more. What do you say to somebody who thinks that you know four weeks is kind of a long on ramp to get somebody on the streets? We've heard that. Um, some people try to squeeze it in two. I just don't know if you can get all all the stuff done in two. We do it in four weeks, and we can get it to work. Like if it wasn't working for us, I'd change it. But I think that's a leadership deal. You just pitch it like, again, you're not saying, hey, guys, if you want to be part of this, you have to go through this. That doesn't sound fun. You're a 10 in some area. We want to help you discover your gifts and potential so you can make the biggest difference possible. That's a little different. Yeah. Two more, and we got to go. Do you do any sort of background check to the group? Background checks go for all ki- anybody over kids. Uh, yeah. Outside that, no. no. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. What is the environment or the atmosphere of a growth track class? It's a party. You gotta have people in there, hot five people, and sometimes it's not. And you walk in, you're like, "Hey, why is that person sitting by himself?" Right. right. 
So you have a growth track team. Their, their scripture is to help on the growth track team. So they're there welcome. Hey, how's it going? What's your name? Here's a coffee. Here's a girl at the bar. And um, that's set four. It's really the party. Where the other, um, other set three, set two, set one are kind of learning environments. It's set up like this. Um, but then set four is maybe congratulations. Woo! Snacks. snacks and coffee, yeah, everything's better with food. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Um, I'll get here if you guys want to ask a few more questions, but let me pray for you. Lord, I love you. Thank you so much for um, the ability to be a part of people's journey. Help us with great grace and great patience to help pastor your sheep. And uh, we love you with all our heart. Jesus, I just thought something. Let me say this last time. That's why I made a mistake on that curve. Most churches are an emergency room. It's a place for the broken. And then you go to another level. You become family. And that's where most of us stop. Okay, look at me, buddy. There's a third level that a lot of churches don't make, and that is you have to become an army. I'm praying that God gives you the ability to build an army. The king of God. Amen. 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 Amen.